All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with another episode, and we have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, we got some sort of breaking roster movement that happened just a short bit of, uh, ago. We also have a, a match to talk about that we got a full three points in an upcoming match. Oh, and yeah, we have the fantasy uh, soccer playing for pride stuff to talk about as well. Hint, I'm in first place on that. Hopefully the other guys don't quite mind. Uh, but this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. It's a one-two, Godoy, he's found a great ball in it, bolts in plenty of time, he smashes it off and doubles the visitor's lead, Thomas Ennevolson. Now Segbra sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there, crosses it, Pineda, the extra pass, Seaton finishes! It rolls down to his left and parrying aside. All taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal! It's gone in! An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County of the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast and on facebook at orange and black soccer cast how's it going orange county i had my mic muted there i apologize for that uh, but welcome back to another episode of the orange and black soccer cast the first and only podcast dedicated to orange county soccer club its fans and supporters I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. And this is a slight change here. Joining me uh, like he does almost every single week, we've got Alan from uh, the website, the podcast, and whatnot. Alan, welcome back to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We've conquered all of Europe. We're never going to stop. From Paris down to Turkey, we've got to win a lot. So how's it going? I am pumped up after a great weekend of soccer. Yes. Of course you had to start off with that. Of, of course. I cut it early out of respect to you, Ray. And be, before we even got started, before we went live here, we were talking about what we're going to talk about. You did not mention you were going to discuss or sing a song. Oh, man. I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do here. Got to blindside you, man. I can't like give you can't re- can't reveal the before the reveal. It ruins the reveal. <laughs> you threw me off there, but uh, you know, still we're here to talk about some fun stuff. We're here to talk about soccer. Yes, your Liverpool somehow, some way, came away with the win in that Champions League final. But we are not a Champions League podcast. We are the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We talk about Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, and USL soccer. We do make some other things, but that's usually later on in the show. So let's not get too much into that yet. Uh, we do have quite a bit of things to talk about today. Uh, there's, I guess, what we could call sort of breaking news. I wish we had the mute, the moo going on here. Moo. Uh, just earlier today, probably a few hours before we went live, we found out that there has been a roster or some roster changes as uh, the club sent out a message in social media that the club and 
midfielder Charlie Adams have mutually agreed to part ways. Uh, this sort of matches what we saw last year with Nensel Selbol, Selbol uh, when he and the club mutually agreed to part ways, and then he sort of just disappeared as far as soccer goes. Uh, I'm thinking this with Charlie Adams has to do more with the congestion in the midfield. Uh, it also could have something to do with what we heard. For those of you that watched the broadcast on ESPN+, Plus. This past weekend when Orange County faced RGV, but there was a mention from the broadcast team, although I don't know how well we can trust it because there was quite a bit of weirdness going on with pronunciations of names and teams and acronyms. <laughs> but they did mention that uh, Christian Duke is about a week or two away from suiting back up and uh, rejoining his club out on the field. So you would think with an already congested midfield, even before Christian Duke's back, uh, just his addition to everything just makes it even that much more uh, crazy. Uh, Alan, is there anything else you can maybe read into this move? I know it's rather new, so there's not a lot of information as to what happened. Probably won't hear much information uh, in the coming days, but do you have any other thoughts as to why this may have happened? I mean, maybe it's uh, an issue of, hey, we want to do some rehab, but there might not be any um, spot or any availability for him to really get some rehab time uh, with where the kind of team is right now, you know, you mentioned the crowded midfield, but also just if you want to get back into game shape, you, know, you got to play some games and maybe he looks to sign with uh, somebody else that can, you know, maybe loan him out to a lower league or something to actually get some decent playing time. Um, it's always nice when they say mutually, but I don't know, like, if a team would ever say something like terrible, well, I guess the Padres did, but, you know, Adams was such a, an integral part of where the team thought they were going to be and the way they played last year. So maybe it's just a, hey, right now things aren't great. We don't have a place for you to rehab or to, to get some minutes right now. And maybe you're better off getting some time somewhere else. No, definitely. And, and, and you know, it, it, again, it's one of those things, and I think we talked about it. We've talked about it, especially earlier on in the season when the roster, or even before the season started, when the roster was being built. There was quite a, uh, quite a congestion already in that midfield uh, with Charlie Adams and uh, players like, uh, you know, um, Aiden Quinn, Christian Duke before we knew he was injured. And then even some of those other players like a Harry Forrester, Liam Trotter, they've been sort of patrolling or been in the midfield position uh, this season. You have a Koji Ashimoto who barely gets a chance to, to be on the pitch, maybe dealing with some injuries himself. But uh, quite a few players on this roster that I guess you could say deserve some minutes out there. So again, again, maybe, there's nothing that we know concrete as to what happened. Uh, we just know that Charlie Adams is no longer on the team. And unfortunately for our fantasy soccer for playing for pride month going on here, that's going to be a, a hard hit on Dylan's team, which is already uh, a question of, well, at least in my mind, a questionable <laughs> team there uh, with some of the choices. And now he's going to basically be one man short for the remainder of the month. We, we don't have any rules that say you can pick up another player if something happens to one of your players, it is what you get on that. Um, unfortunately, Dylan's not available right now to talk with us, to let us know his thoughts. He may, if he gets a chance, join us a little bit later on. If not, we'll find out what his thoughts are on that next week. But um, let's just talk briefly about the fantasy soccer before we actually get into the matches for playing for Pride. It was a, a pretty uh, – I will say this. It was an awesome week for my team. I think, Alan, your team was pretty steady there. Some some goods, some bads. And then Dylan's, again, that's one of those teams where, like, what's, uh, what's going on with that? 
let me just see if I could pull up the all the details of this here. I wasn't quite ready for it at this point, but I figured we're already talking about it. Let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about this. Um, yeah, you had the steal so far with Forrester. Uh, McLean played so well on Saturday night. Um, and so he got a ton of points Yes, uh, for those saves. Um, you know, like maybe a little bit of better defensive play got would have kept you a clean sheet even. Uh, but McLean definitely, between McLean and Forrester, that's the biggest difference. I had a fair, I had a pretty fair game. You know, Seaton got a goal. Uh, Vinicius showed up. Leonardo was in there. Um, Chrysostomo and our one of our team of the week, Amico. Uh, but, you know, when your team gets like 14,000 yellow cards, <laughs> you know, it starts, you, you start, oh. you know, I think two maybe three of my guys all got yellow cards. So it's like, I would have had a slightly better week, maybe a little bit more respectable week compared to you, but I mean, you had not get into that. I had a red card in like yeah. 90 yeah. You know, three minutes or whatever it was. Um, yeah. So is that minus four uh, points? No, no, it's, it's one for a yellow two for a red, which is a combined three points. All right. I think, I think, Oh no, 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 it is four points. It is four points. One for yellow, three for red. Yeah. So yeah, minus four points from Darwin Jones, who would have ended up having a pretty solid week also with six points in our fantasy league there. But yeah, Patrick McLean uh, and Harry Forrest, who probably were the two best players on the pitch. Yeah. That didn't, you know, of course you had Michael Seaton and Darwin Jones getting goals in the match, but those two were very solid out there. And by the way, both were my team. And again, McLean, a fourth round pick, Forrester, a sixth round pick. Like you, you sort of said it stills in that draft there. Now, um, do I get super technical and say it should be negative five points because it was two yellow cards and a red card? Uh, <laughs> we should get super technical there because it's I'm like not, first yellow, then second yellow, okay. then red. I mean, I, I totally, I totally am with you on that. I'm totally with you on that. <laughs> I, I think that's totally fair. I wasn't even thinking about that when I, when I, you know, calculate everything. So that puts my team through one match at 22 points. Your team has 14 points. And then Dylan had an adjustment there too, because yep. <laughs> he didn't win. So he has five points. And, you know, the hard part for Dylan heading into the Vegas match is we know no Quinn. Right. We also now know no Adams. Right. So he's going to have to rely on a big comeback with uh, Contour, Hume, Trotter, and Hashimoto. Should we just sort of call it at this point, he's pretty much eliminated, uh, after one week, uh, maybe we should throw that out on social media uh, later on. After we uh, record this, we'll go on to social media and see what everyone thinks. Uh, anyone that's listening, if you want to throw your comments, do you think Dylan's fantasy soccer for the playing for pride challenge here on the orange and black soccer cast is pretty much already done again. He has, I mean, he does have Aiden Quinn. He's only missing the one match, but still, I mean, there's not many matches and we'll have to talk about it too. We'll have to maybe mean you can discuss it, maybe discuss it with Dylan because there is a friendly that's gotten thrown into the month of June that we yeah. could add to the mix, which might just throw things crazy because maybe on that friendly, you're going to see faces like an Aaron Cervantes or like a uh, uh, Koji Hashimoto that might, might join on there as well. Right. But let's, let's ask this question and, and you can go on to social media and, and tweet at us. Uh, Dylan, with his remaining roster, he only has five players left on his roster that are active with Orange County, and that's Aiden Quinn, who will miss the next game, Contour, Hume, Trotter, and Hashimoto. Uh, is he done already? And he's already way behind me as the leader. He's at five points. I'm at 22 points, and Alan's sitting there right in the middle at 14 points, closer to me than he is to Dylan. So 
Um, yeah, so that's that's that. And if if and when we are able to speak with Dylan, we will uh, find out his thoughts on how all that went down. Mm -hmm. but let's, <laughs> let's get into this RGV match. Uh, you yep. sort of hinted at probably what's going to be one of our major topics here is the yellow card bonanza for Orange County as they were shown. What was your, your thought there, Alan? Was it like, you know, 14,000, I think something like that. Yeah. It feels like that. And it, it feels even worse when RGV got zero, zero yellow cards, zero red cards in that match. And Orange County just got a whole bunch. I was looking at the, um, the write-up that you did uh, and I'm like, really, that many cards? And I didn't even pay attention when I first saw it because I didn't watch the game live. I was actually out celebrating my youngest son turned seven that day, and he wanted to go out to dinner. So we went out to dinner with some of his friends uh, and had a good old time. So I didn't get to watch the match later, but I did look at Alan's post-game recap when he first wrote it up and submitted it. And I'm like, okay, a bunch of cards. And then when I actually went through and actually got to read it, you know, Orange County, Orange County, Orange County, Orange County, Orange County, Orange County. Orange County, including some some second yellows in there. So uh, let's just get right into it, Alan. Uh, what, what was happening there? Was 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 Orange County really that more of a, I guess, sloppy team on the pitch? Or is this another episode where we can just bash the referees for some of the decisions they made? Uh, I think it was just – and this is a conversation I have with Dylan all the time. Like, I just want to make – like just call it consistently. Like, let I need to. I won't feel when I know what's going to be a foul, what's not, what's going to be a card, and what's not. And there were just times in that game where, you know, Quinn goes in, gets the ball pretty clean, doesn't really go through the player, and but goes down to ground, uh, and gets that that ye second yellow card. Like he was blown away that it was called on him. Uh, but there's a aerial challenge where you know Seton's head you know, runs into someone's elbow because, you know, that's rude. Um, and it's it's a foul, but, like, no card whatsoever. Like, elbow's a little bit up high. I thought there were some tackles um, that they made that should have been yellows but weren't. It seemed like anytime you went to ground, particularly coming from the back or the side, he didn't particularly care for it. But it was weird. There was definitely some soft, soft yellows that were definitely fouls. They just, I just don't think they were yellow cards. And on the flip side, RGV had some moments where you thought for sure a card was coming out based on the way he's called it and nothing. Well, and I think it was all set up at the very start. We just, uh, the highlights for those of you watching on the live stream, uh, courtesy of USL Championship Productions. Uh, but what is it? The fourth minute of the match, Aiden Quinn gets called for a, a handball or an arm, you know, into the penalty box and also was shown a yellow card where, I, I get it. Okay, maybe it's okay to call the you know the penalty kick there because it does hit his arm. Although it, an argument can be made that he had his arm close to his body and he was trying to turn away from the ball, basically hitting him in the face. Uh, but okay, you're gonna give them the the penalty kick there by all means. Okay, that that is probably the worst that should happen. I don't think there's any way that you can say that is a yellow card when you look at the rules of the game, where you're gonna look at it as Almost in any other league you'll watch for soccer, if a player has their arms against them in the body, it rarely gets called as a penalty, let alone any kind of uh, booking with a yellow card or even a red card in there. Uh, am I just maybe blinded by my Orange County eyes here in thinking that, or is that a 
honest, you know, good thought on that call. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't even think it should have been a penalty, but all right, it hits his arm. Um, you can maybe argue that because it's coming up to protect like his face. That's what it looked like to me live. Um, that yeah, sure handball, but to give a player a card for something like that, like it needs to be pretty blatant that he's trying to use his arm to block the ball, the goal from happening. Um, to get a yellow card. And I've even seen it where the, like not to bring up Liverpool, there's a game where it hits off of Trent Alexander and Arnold's arm. Like he puts out his arm to try and stop it and they end up scoring. So they don't card him or get a penalty, but it's like, he could, totally been could, could have been given a red card because he clearly tried to stop the ball. So I don't think Quinn was trying to stop it with his arm at all, or try to play it with his arm at all. I just don't see how you call that a yellow. Um, yeah, I think just give the penalty, and the penalty is um, punishment enough for that. Yeah, and when you look at what happened there, the, the second yellow card on Aiden Quinn, that's more of a reasonable call. He did go in sort of recklessly there, although there was still – I mean, it still could, is a little bit more questionable, but still in, in the bigger picture, I, I'm more okay with that being a yellow card than, than the initial one in the first four minutes. Luckily, though, that yellow card and that handball didn't play a factor in the match because – Patrick McLean on Team Ray came up big early on, and he was big throughout the match there. But with a, a save on the penalty, which I think always goes down as a stellar moment on a match. Uh, what uh, what did you what what was going on in your head when you saw that save by McLean in the fifth minute or sixth minute of the match? Um, I, I was kind of stunned because it was just like a terribly taken penalty. I think it was the problem. And I think that was one of the guys they brought down even. And you would think that you put a decent shot on that. And I think even for McLean, I think it kind of surprises him a little bit that it hits him where it hits him. Like it's like he dives for it. Uh, and then he's able to like, he almost, I think he's like in shock that he doesn't corral the ball right away. Like he doesn't get it cleanly the first time that even made actually made me more nervous than the penalty shot. I thought it was a, a pretty poor penalty shot. And I thought McLean, you guess the right way and you make yourself as big as possible and uh, you try to cover as much net as possible to get that save. Um, and I think that save and many others through the game, it, Patrick McLean was if not like the second best player on the pitch, you know, you're going to argue man of the match. I, I would probably call him man of the match just because of the number of saves he made. Uh, he saves a penalty and yeah, you know, it was a good performance from the club. There was still some questionable stuff. Like I will definitely say what the heck was Darwin Jones thinking in extra time when he's already on a yellow card uh, to grab a player like that. And Ugh. I mean, you know, when you do that, that's an automatic card. That's just yeah. anyone in soccer, anyone that watches it, plays it knows you grab someone like that. That's an automatic card. But yeah, the, I don't know. It was, it was weird with all that, but and there was just a few other things, but you look at overall, okay, Patrick McLean, awesome job between the posts. Harry Forrester probably had his best game uh, in an orange and black and white uniform here in Orange County. Yep. Uh, Joe Amico, team of the week uh, uh, on there. Michael Seaton with a quality header off of a set piece on a corner there. And the awesome feed, I think, was it Harry Forrester that fed Darwin Jones for that second uh, goal? That was beautiful. Beautiful through ball. That's, that that looks like 
something you see out of the FIFA video game series. Uh, when someone just sort of takes advantage of a slow defense, they just, you know, get that through ball and get a pacey guy up on the ball. Uh, and Darwin Jones, you know, it wasn't easy for him. There was the goalie to be in the goalie, put pressure on Darwin Jones, but Jones was able to finish that uh, sequence of events. Yeah. the uh, Even before the, the ball through, uh, the touch that Forrester makes to evade the defender to get him free to get the ball through. Like it was like the way he just pokes the ball by the defender to give him space. And it was like perfectly weighted. So Darwin Jones could take a touch around the goalie a little bit harder. He's too close to the goalie a little bit softer. Uh, I think he has to slow down for it. It was just like the, that goal was like so tasty. And I think you sort of called it off is a part of maybe the success for Harry Forrester in this match was his position on the field. Uh, he wasn't maybe being asked to do more of the shooting. He was actually being asked to maybe be more of that uh, mid box to box type player or, or transitioning the ball, uh, making some great passes there. That may have led to a, a, a more productive match. I know you also mentioned talking with uh, coach Braden Cloutier after the match uh, that, uh, you know, not only in this match, but, or maybe you talking to him in this match that he was pretty much the player of the match. And I know listening to the, um, the ESPN plus stream, they mentioned multiple times that uh, Braden Cloutier has mentioned that Harry Forster has probably been one of the best players on the team this season, which I think maybe comes to a shock for a lot of Orange County fans, just because maybe we expected more out of him and maybe he has been pushing a bit out there. But again, it, it's good to see this performance from him. It's good to see this performance from the team for the most part, except for all those yellows. And again, the Darwin Jones red card there next time. That's just a, 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 an unfortunate thing to happen there. Um, let's talk really quick though, because we gotta we gotta give props also to RGV with the one goal that they have in the match, probably one of the best goals of the week. Uh, a rocket from outside the box into the upper right corner. Nothing Patrick McLean could have done, you know, on his spectacular night. I mean, I, I I think many goalkeepers around the world, even some of the top ones, would have had a difficult time stopping that shot the way it went in. Uh, what was your thought on that shot? Would you agree with me? It was a, one of the better shots this week. Yeah. And especially from, I think he's played, he's a defensive guy. I think he's like a right left back. Um, definitely a defensive player. And they just gave him a ton of space. It's like everyone was slow to react and he just took the ball up, took a real clean hit and just picked out the top corner. And it was like you sometimes, like I say, sometimes you just got to tip your hat to a great goal that you're just not going to, you're not going to get that one. And th there was no way that Patrick McLean was going to get to it. No. Hey, Ray. I, I think we lost sound. Like I can't hear you talking. There you go. Oh, I was muted. There you go. It's like trying to figure out what was happening on my end. And you're like, you my mouse just moving for those of you listening on the uh, watching on the YouTube stream. It was the same thing as well. Uh, it's one of those things. Uh, if you remember last week, I was fighting off a cold. Well, it got worse the next day and the next day after that. And I'm still trying to like sort of recover from it. So I'm, uh, I've been trying to mute this. So that way when, uh, yeah. yeah what, so was, what was the last thing you heard me say, Alan? <sighs> um, it was so long ago. Okay, was were we talking about the weird stuff that was said by some of the announcers? 
Um, or you didn't hear me. I was I just didn't hear you that stuff. We, were, we were just talking about um, team the of the week, the goal. Yeah, yes. the RGB so, goal. So I, I was transitioning on, or I was trying to, except for I was muted there. Uh, but I was trying to transition into the weird ESPN broadcast with some weird pronunciations of player names and weird, uh, you know, acronyms for some of these teams. I think uh, we all sort of discussed this either on social media or in text messages with each other. One of the big ones I can remember, Christomoto, uh, <laughs> which was continuously throughout the match. That's what was said. Unfortunately, I watched it on a replay. I didn't watch it live or I would have been texting and or tweeting as the match was going on, trying to maybe let ESPN know, hey, there is an issue with your broadcaster and what they're saying. And it was both of them. Both of them were saying Daniel Christomoto the whole match. I, I thought that was pretty funny. I also heard um, a few times when referencing uh, RGV and said I heard RVG. And, and I think, I don't know if it was you or Dylan was mentioned some weird uh, acronym for Orange County, whether it was OSCS or something or or however that went. Uh, I get it. It's it's a tough job. I mess up all the time with my words, so I'm not going to sit here and bash people for it. Uh, but on this podcast, uh, you know, there's a difference. I don't get paid to do what I do. Uh, you know, we jump on on a Tuesday night. We record, uh, and, and we sort of do the live thing. But we don't. I don't care. I I I have no problem if I mess up a, a famous quote phrase. If I just mispronounce a a word that I should mispronounce, I have no problem with it. But when it's an ESPN thing, I expect a little bit more. I expect the announcers to, uh, you know, know whatever it is that they're talking about. I know uh, uh, when I was watching a feed for the U.S. Open Cup, uh, I kept hearing an announcer say Fresno instead of Fresno. Like, it's like <laughs> Fresno. Like, it, like, almost like he was making two words there instead of just saying Fresno. Um, with that like Z sound, it, again, it was like yeah. an S sound in there. So it sounded weird to me. There was this instance, and I think there was more than just uh, uh, Daniel Christomoto, uh, that that weird pronunciation of his name going on. Yeah, that was like uh, Jerry Van Wolfgang, uh, when they were playing in San Antonio, were calling him his old last name for the whole entire first half. But at least they were like, hey, uh, we just found out that he took his wife's name because he got married, and it's Van Wolfgang, but still on USL, they haven't changed. <laughs> and I think the, the best one I've heard was I was watching, I think it was even the Tulsa games. This was like really early, and it says Orange County SC, and the announcer goes, we're here in Orange County, South Carolina. <laughs> I was like, what? South Carolina? Uh, that's where you know, and that's where they make it obvious that the announcers for the USL broadcast aren't at the stadium for the most part, unless that team has their own production team going on. Uh, they just randomly see SC. Oh, yeah. And, and, but it's funny because uh, I, I don't know. Is is there an Orange County, South Carolina team uh, in the USL? I don't know. Maybe in the lower leagues or something. Who knows? But, yeah, I, I think that's all funny. Um yeah, but it is what it is. Hey, I will admit it, it's a tough job to to go live and talk for, you know, in, in that case, you know, 90 minutes of talking and you have to sometimes pronounce names that are spelt one way and, and are pronounced a different way or just, you know, a Daniel Chrysostomo. I mean, when you look at that last name, it's not a very, you know, common last name. Um, uh, I think you probably have a better chance of finding a Chrysostomo more often than you'll see a Chris Astomo. 
But again, it's, it's just one of those things uh, if you're going to make money doing something like this, you should maybe make sure yeah, especially, your pronunciation is correct. Especially, I mean, I've listened to some like AHL announcers for hockey and I've listened to, I mean, indoor soccer and, and there's some that are just terrible, but there's some that like take their job pretty seriously and do the research and learn the pronunciations and maybe do some background, you know, research on some of the players. I know it's hard to do with some of the USL teams, but I I think if you just do enough due diligence and it is unfortunate someone isn't there because then they could just ask those questions of someone who knows. Yeah. Um, but it's like you you probably know announcers who've called them or know them and you can figure that out and get in contact. Um, and I'm not to say that all USL announcers are bad. There's some pretty awesome and pretty great uh, announcers that I've really enjoyed listening to their broadcasts. Um, but every once in a while you get a pairing that just, it just seems like they don't take the time, especially if it's like maybe like Orange County versus, you know, Tacoma. They might not take the time to do a bunch of research on stuff, but like people are paying to watch you call games and it'd be cool if you just got the guy's names right. And, you know, we all make mistakes and like I, I think I typed uh, Henry Forrester instead of Harry Forrester. <laughs> that I got corrected, or Adorn instead of Aiden. Like we make some mistakes, and you know, hopefully someone catches them and lets you know. And then you just make sure you try not to do that next time. Yeah, although I'm just tempted anytime we have a post with Aiden Quinn or Harry Forrester just to tag the other, you know, the alter ego names there on our on our website. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I get it. It happens. And, and again, I'm not sitting here trying to say, you know, I could do a better job because obviously if you listen to our podcast each and every week, I probably couldn't. I'd probably butcher more names and phrases and whatnot than some of those people do. Uh, but still, it, it was just very interesting when I was watching that. And uh, I don't know if it's just I get frustrated when I when it's constantly the wrong name, which in my opinion means someone didn't try to figure it out. Uh, although, again, I, there's examples of me. I'm still scared to say the GM's name because I know I'm going to butcher it. Even though I've practiced it numerous times, I'm not going to say his name. Uh, I always ask Dylan uh, to say it because, again, I just, for whatever reason, yeah. Um, really quick before we move on from the RTV match, I did see on Twitter that a, a listener or someone on Twitter, at least, uh, Michael Rodriguez, maybe they're not a listener, maybe they were just following us on Twitter when we were talking about some of the players, uh, but he was basically just asking if there's any chance OC would maybe try to appeal Aiden Quinn's red card, uh, basically saying that that first yellow was basically ridiculous. I, I don't know how any kind of appealing process works in the USL, and I don't know if you're familiar with this, Alan, of how it works. Uh, but is that something, that, as far as you know, or have you seen it before in the past, is that something that can even be done in the USL? Um, I was talking to Evan, who is uh, USL Pony, um, on the Twitter machines about it. And he said, uh, he's a Sacramento fan uh, or supporter. He said he remembers there someone challenging a yellow or the second yellow. So I think he said they cha tried to challenge the second yellow. They don't think they can challenge the first one. So it's like with DJ, it's like, well, his second yellow was clearly a yellow card. Yeah, um, there's no way you can, there's no way you cannot, or there's no way you can challenge that because right? it's it's something that anyone knows. You do that on the pitch, you're going to get a card. And with Aiden Quinn, um, I think, you know, 
you might be able to challenge that one, but I haven't heard anything as far as them trying to, and it's Tuesday. So we probably would have heard something about it already. Um, but I, I think at this point, it's pretty safe to say that DJ and Aiden uh, probably will not be making the trip to Vegas, or maybe they'll make the trip to Vegas, but they don't get to be around the park uh, <laughs> they'll they'll be out cruising the strip while the rest of the team is is right. playing some soccer at Cashman Field, right? Uh, yeah, and, and you mentioned uh, uh, you know the USL pony. Uh, he's a tip, uh, what he's always or usually always on the USL yeah. show, which is part of the BGN Network, Beautiful Game Network, BGN.fm or at the BGN.fm. Uh, and you know to coincide with all of that, you know our show is part of that group and. Part of that comes is, you know, we are brought to you by Golden Gold Press and Roughneck Scarves. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out more about those two uh, awesome, amazing companies. Let's transition then into the topic at hand, or at least the upcoming match, which is Las Vegas coming up. Uh, we likely know a couple of players that won't be making the trip, like you just said, Aiden Quinn and Darwin Jones, which will definitely make things a little bit more difficult uh, for Orange County, I know. I, I think it was you. You joked a little bit. Maybe we can sign a couple players from OCFC because they recently beat Las Vegas in Las Vegas. Um, so let's just get right into that. Then, like, who's gonna step onto the pitch and replace those two quality performers for Orange County? It's not like we're losing a couple of players that are fringe players or maybe are at the bottom end of the contributing starting lineup. I mean, those are two key members uh, of the team. Uh, what or how does Orange County replace their productivity on the field this coming weekend? Yeah, um, I don't know if you can necessarily like replace what they bring to the team. I think those are, you know, if you're naming your top five players on the team, they're, those two are definitely in that top five. Um, you know, maybe you, you put Liam Trotter in that kind of maybe def- more a defensive midfielder role and allow, um, you know, your Chris Stomo and maybe Harry Forrester plays that, you know, second level midfield. Um, Hashimoto did put a jersey on, uh, so we know he's, you know, he might get a look. Um, we saw Dupre, we saw Dupre out in, um, hi Dylan. Uh, we saw Dupre out there warming up, maybe trying to get fit. I don't know, I'm not sure where he is. Um, you also have Kevin Coleman. Like we haven't seen him at all. I'm not sure, uh, where he is in far, as far as, you know, getting match fit, but you know, maybe there's a surprise start from someone like Kevin Coleman, uh, up on the wing. Um, and maybe you get, you know, Godoy or someone who didn't play as many minutes, um, in kind of a more midfield role. Like I said, Harry Forrester has been playing really well there. Liam Trotter, Liam Trotter has played in that midfield role. Um, so we, there's some options. It just doesn't, you know, doesn't inspire you the same way that, you know, having Aiden Quinn on that pitch uh, inspires um, you as a supporter. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, uh, when you heard that nice ding right there, and Alan sort of already introduced him, we've got uh, the person that's with me each and every episode. We've got Dylan. Dylan. Good to have you uh, on here, at least for part of the podcast, at least. Yeah, sorry, I'm late, everyone. I'm not even home yet. Um, just on some side road. 
and was like, all right, there's no way I'm going to make it back before you guys are finished, so I might as well join in now. Don't want to miss a week. Um, I know your streak, your, streak, your, your, streak, your streak was that close to being ended. Exactly. Uh, yes, so, I mean, that's commitment right there, ladies and folks. Ladies and folks. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, nice. ladies and folks. We were just talking about this, Bill, too. You totally missed it unless you were listening live. We were talking about the uh, RGB broadcast and some of the uh, goofs that the announcers uh, had during the match with some pronunciations of stuff. Pronunciations of stuff. What did I say? Pronunciations. Oh, did I not say that right either, huh? Oh, see, Dil I, I think it's Dylan. Dylan comes on and I just already start messing things up. Ladies and folks. I must stress you out or something. You do, Dylan. You do. Uh, but we are now talking about. I don't know your deal is. We are talking about Las Vegas. We're talking about uh, who's going to replace Aiden Quinn and DJ out there on the pitch. Uh, one uh, a suggestion from Andy, one of our loyal listeners, he mentioned maybe bringing in Giovanni Ramos Hadoy for Darwin Jones and bringing in Koji for Aiden Quinn. Um, is that a realistic uh, replacement, Dylan, or is that something that you even think can happen? Um, yeah, I think uh, Gio plays a little bit better in the wing than he does up top, so I think that's going to be a good spot for him. Um, I do wonder a little bit about Koji and his match fitness. I don't think it's there yet. Um, this comes in despite having picked him for my <laughs> um, fantasy team, I, I don't think he's ready for a full 90. I think we'll probably see somewhat of a, a rotation, a little bit of a platoon um, in Vegas. Normally, I would say Charlie Adams, but of course, uh, he's no longer with the team as of a few hours ago. So that's quite the timing. Um, and but, unfortunate uh, for you, by the way, too, with your fantasy team. Yeah, so we'll have to figure <laughs> out how that works. But I think I'm just going to take a big fat L this month. Um, and this is why I don't play fantasy sports. There we go. Uh, another uh, interesting suggestion came from the uh, County Line Coalition Twitter account saying maybe uh, Vinicius could be put out on the wing to replace Darwin. Uh, similar speed set, similar maybe quickness out there. Uh, <laughs> is, is that a potential thought for you, Alan? Or do you think that he is better fit for more of a striker or forward position? Um, I think it's a pretty good shout. I think he, when he came on earlier, he was come like the Seton for Vinicius thing was a little bit, has been happening the past couple games. Um, but I think when he came on, he was playing kind of a, kind of plays kind of free flowing. He's usually that top of the line guy. Um, but I think in OKC, he came on kind of a wing player. Uh, against Tacoma, he came in for Darwin Jones as a wing player. Um, so I think he can play wide Yeah, against El Paso. He came in. Uh, so I think he can play wide. I think that's a good place for him because of his speed and his pace, um, especially with seats up top. I think that gives him some options to beat a guy on the outside and pass the ball in. Um, but he has been – neither of them have really been going the full 90 – for the most part, it's usually they flop for each other. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting uh, to see them back out there together. Definitely. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about this match. Cause I think Las Vegas was looking strong earlier on in the season, but they sort of slipped up here as of recent uh, matches. Uh, and also just like Orange County, they recently oh, lost. Uh, oh, 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 um, 
what are our thoughts heading into this match? Is Las Vegas a scary opponent, Dylan, or is it a an opponent that we can definitely beat on the road? Um, they are a scary opponent because they play this really negative style. Um, they play well at home. I think they're undefeated at home. Um, and I don't have my computer in front of me, so I can't double-check that. But the last few weeks, they've really struggled, and they conceded five to an amateur side. I think they've given up 13 goals recently at home. There goes a car because I'm outside. God, this is weird. Um, this is worse than the time I was at a soccer game. You need to go but, to a safe location, Dylan. I, I, don't, I don't know if I quite like you sitting on the side of the road while you're talking to us. Yeah, it's fine. It's, like, empty enough or something. But it's a, it's a big toss-up. Normally, I would be really worried. Um, the field is terrible. They go for ankles. Um, that's just the kind of style that they play in. That's the kind of person that Winalda seems like. Like that seems. That's the kind of person that Winalda seems to be. Um, but based off of this last form, and getting absolutely shelled up in Reno last week, I'm not sure they are that that really dangerous opponent that we need to worry about. Um, I think they are definitely coming back uh, to Cashman Field with their tails between their legs, which actually works really well for us because um, if the mentality carries over from Saturday's game against RGV for us, we should have no problems putting some hurt. And, hey, maybe maybe that's what this whole – you know, yellow card Palooza that happened this past Saturday, maybe that was in preparation of a match against Las Vegas. Maybe we're looking to come into Vegas with a little bit more of that aggressiveness. Maybe we just started a week early there. Uh, But if you look at like the recent opponent, uh, you know, Reno, and you look at their match against Orange County, uh, Las Vegas didn't fare as well against those teams as we did. Uh, Yes, we lost to Orange County, but we lost to them in a penalty shootout situation where Vegas just sort of got annihilated. I mean, how do you give up five goals to a amateur side? And, uh, you know, in Reno, we were able to at least come away with a draw by clawing back. Uh, again, Vegas has a tough time there. So maybe that bodes well for Orange County into this match. Uh, and maybe maybe this is the turning of the corner. I don't want to maybe jump too far ahead there, but they are – Orange County is – undefeated in the past what five or six matches now and you know we just come off a nice quality win against a tough rgv team who had thrown in a few mls players uh to challenge us and we still were able to come away Uh, oh and by the way the ref was against us that whole match and we still were able to come away with a uh, a three-point victory there or three points in a victory there um alan what about you yeah do you agree with on, on his thoughts there there are three things that scare me about this game. Number one, as Bradley pointed out in the YouTube chat, uh, Vegas is 4-0-1 at home this year, this season. The second thing that scares me about this match is Orange County is 0-2-4 on the road. <laughs> the third thing that scares me is that, yeah, Dylan, you're right. Uh, the thing that does, the third thing that scares me is that Las Vegas got hammered in the open cup and just got their butts handed them to by Reno, you know, they got yelled at like the entire week and maybe they're motivated to, uh, to kind of regain that consistency uh, at home. 
Uh, and those are the three things that, like, I think if this game was in Orange County, absolutely. Las Vegas is 0-6-1 on the road. Yeah, we could t- we could totally beat them. It'd be great. We're in great form. We're playing really well at home. I think Orange County right now is a win-at-home, draw-on-the-road kind of team. And that worries me a little bit about Vegas because if you're trying to uh, – if you're trying to draw on the road um, against the Las Vegas who doesn't want to lose at home, that's a tough matchup. And as Jacob pointed out, yeah, we're not San Antonio who is terrible on the road. <laughs> uh, but I think if we continue to play this kind of, we're going for the draw at home or on the road, I think we're going to start. Um, and you can eat just as easily as lose those games as draw them. Um, especially when you're, down two of your top guys so i think escaping with las vegas at a draw would be uh, i would consider that a win for us um getting a draw on the road at vegas down two guys i would definitely walk out of there um with a draw and be super stoked yeah i think that's the tough part in this match um is the fact that we're going to be missing aiden quinn and darwin jones probably two of our three or four most important players out there on the pitch each and every match. Uh, definitely uh, a tough thing to see there. Uh, let's do this. Let's get into some predictions or uh, for this match here in Vegas. Um, let's go to you, Dylan. What are your thoughts on this match? What's the score going to be? Who's the key to the match for Orange County? You know, if we, if we score first and we score pretty early on, um, and, and let alone get a, a bigger lead, I think we could probably come out like three, one winners at this match. Um, but if we concede first, I could see that being a very different story, and we could be very lucky just to draw. Um, I, I really don't know what to expect here. Um, Orange County generally starts off really slow, so maybe that's going to change. Maybe with these guys that are getting in here and uh, maybe making a debut, if you're a guy like Kevin Coleman, they'll be hungry to prove that they should be getting minutes every week. So maybe uh, 2-1 Orange County. We always score two goals, so I think if you're making a prediction now that doesn't have at least two goals for Orange County, you're just being stupid. All right. Um, I guess let's hear from you, Alan. Are you stupid, or are you going to go to <laughs> Orange County like Dylan says? I have, a hard time, I have a real hard time seeing that. Orange County has scored 23 goals this year. 11 of those come from people named Darwin Jones and Aiden Quinn. Um. I think Seats is going to have to pretty much put us on his back. And I think if Seats has a good game, um, I think we could walk away with like a 2-1 win. I think if um, Las Vegas targets him defensively and focuses on trying to shut him down um, and he, you know, has a tough game, I think, you know, we'll be lucky with a 1-1 draw. Um, I think maybe this might be a breakout game for Michael Seaton. I think he uh, is starting to get more, a little bit more comfortable. Um, he seemed in like really great spirits and super joyful after this last uh, victory. You know, in the past he's been a little bit frustrated. Even you know his first home, home goal, he seemed very, still very like I, just a little bit frustrated. But Saturday night he felt really, really loose um, and and joyful about the team. Uh, so I think that's a great sign for Orange County. I think if he has a good game, I think Orange County wins. I think if he doesn't, we're fighting for a draw. So I'm, um, 
I am optimistically hoping for a two-one victory, um, uh, but I will be super con- con- content with a nil-nil, one-one draw. Perfect. Uh, and and before I jump and give my thoughts, my prediction, I'm just looking at the uh, live YouTube chat here. I see uh, Jacob, who was a guest with us last week from the Down on Down in the Valley podcast. Uh, he is throwing in his thoughts on this match. I believe I'm looking on there. It says a three-three draw. It looks like that Orange County will concede first, uh, but be able to pull through with a three-three draw. Hopefully, I'm getting that right. Hopefully, he's not talking about something else. Uh, and I guess with that answer, Jacob Dylan is calling you stupid for not saying two goals for Orange County because apparently Orange County always it's scoring at least two goals. Two goals. Oh, it's at least at two least goals. two goals. They've scored. It's so I apologize, Jacob. I apologize, now. Jacob. Is at least two goals scored for Orange County? Like we are ex- just amazing at scoring two goals. I think the last time we didn't score two goals was the match in Oklahoma, which was also the last time we lost, which was on four twenty. So it's been. A month and a half. You like remember that date pretty well, Dylan. Well, yeah, it's like the biggest holiday of the year for the state. <laughs> All right. For those of you out of state, maybe you don't quite know what the holiday is, uh, but maybe you do as well. Um, well. Weed's legal in Vegas too, and in all yeah. of Nevada. So I'm sure they're like that. Like you, isn't that part of their soccer culture? Is there some sort of uh, what is it? Some sort of sponsorship with a dispensary? I think we. I forget who we talked to about that. Yeah, okay. something I think it was Carson. Was it him? You can uh, take a shuttle from the dispensary, which is like <laughs> multiple football fields. It's like a massive warehouse in the middle of nowhere. And they will basically let you purchase something there and then give you a ride out to the game. Basically uh, a weed Uber, I guess, or something. No disrespect to Uber, by the way. If, uh, all the disrespect to them are like terrible. That. Oh, Dylan, I don't want us to get called out for calling... Another company, horrible. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll follow. Unless that. Uber decides they want to sponsor us, then we will all fall in love with Uber automatically, quickly, and we'll take Uber everywhere, like that one song goes. So now we've learned that Ray doesn't have a soul. I do not. I will sell out. <laughs> Whoever wants to sponsor our podcast, I will jump on board, and I will say you have the best product ever. And uh, if anyone has any kind of safety something or other for Dylan out there on the side of the road. I was going to say, can we get a safety sponsor for like a a neon vest? Yes. Yes. Dylan needs it out there. Maybe some flares. Um, I'm looking at this match. I I definitely think this is a match that Orange County, probably the best result is a draw just because again, you're missing Aiden Quinn. You're missing Darwin Jones. It makes things very difficult. You're on the road against one of the crazy franchises in the league you know i know austin's in there maybe battling vegas for that title but uh i'm looking at this one being a pretty good match i'm hoping this is my hopeful guess that it'll be a 2-2 draw and uh probably i will say harry forrester is the key to the match Uh, if he has another solid performance like he did last week then I'm thinking the better result will happen. Uh, if he struggles because no Aiden Quinn and no Darwin Jones, you know that's why we need him out there to maybe perform more to the level we can hope for from him. So if it's more of the beginning of the season, Harry Forrester form, then it might be difficult for Orange County in this match. But um, hopefully it's not. Hopefully it's a great result for Orange County, at least uh, a good result on the road and a 2-2 draw. 
for the good guys on this match. Uh, before we move on to some random stuff, Dylan, you didn't get to join us at the beginning of the episode, but we did briefly talk about the fantasy soccer stuff going on. I know you mentioned it. You pretty much already are expecting a loss. We sort of uh, proposed that question to our listeners uh, if they thought pretty much that your season is already after one match with the loss of Charlie Adams, with Aiden Quinn having to miss a match, uh, makes it very tough uh, on this for you. Uh, are you basically waving the white flag already? Um, yeah, but if anyone from the front office is listening, I mean, I know we've got like a midfield crisis or something going on, but um, do I get points if I somehow like make it onto the team and make an appearance? Like, could that be a guaranteed win for me? Because I think that's the only way now that I could. Alan, if you want to agree to this, I will agree to a thousand points for Dylan if he can somehow suit up for Orange County and and and. You have now. It can't be just yeah. sitting on the sidelines still. You actually have to get onto the pitch for at least you know some time out in the field uh, with the Orange County jersey. Yeah, well, that's the only way I think I'm going to win this. Um, I, I'm now down a player. And additionally, <laughs> my number one pick is going to miss a big match that he has historically performed well in. So, yeah, oh, and, and I'm by pretty the way, well screwed. I mean, it's fine. By the way, unless you were listening to us earlier, you also actually lost a point in this episode because Alan brought it to my attention that when I was calculating all the scores, I calculated for a yellow and then a red card on your points, but... Uh, you actually two yellows. two yellows and a red. So, yeah. So, Alan reminded me of that. So, instead of six points, you are now down to five points. At least you're still in the positive, but you are – I lost an extra point on that, too, because of the whole DJ stupid red card in the extra time section there, which still frustrates me. But you are – It's okay, Ray. I'll give you a hug or something. You're what, seven, <laughs> 17 points behind me, Dylan, after one match? All right. Well, you know. And it was it was my second half of the draft that actually got me more points than the first half of the draft. Um, yeah, I, I was just waiting for you to come on so I could uh, discuss this with you and just remind you. How it's it's really am. okay. Um, I prefer the accuracy rather than points I don't deserve. You know, I want to <laughs> lose honorably. All right, way to go, Dylan. And man, I, it sounds like those cars just keep getting closer and closer to you. Are you sure you're like all the way off to the side of the road there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm like, Basically, yeah, it'd be hard to hit me. Okay, that's good to hear. Um, was there anything else we need to talk about before we go to the fun part of this episode? Alan? Uh, just that Dylan should rename his team the uh, <laughs> Huddersfield of the June Playing for Pride Fantasy League. How dare you suggest that the rest of my players are going to go down with no fight? Well, it's, it's sad, Dylan, when you're now relying on more than half of your team is defense, which is already sort of at a disadvantage to get points. Basically, you're going to get the like points for playing guarding, but very rare do they score or get assists. But yeah. I'm just a little embarrassed because I meant to pick Joe Miko and I did it. And I was on the team of the week. And I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? Yeah. I'm so surprised I, that that Contour, no disrespect to Contour, but that he was the very first defensive player picked in this whole thing that we did. I don't know if, if maybe you confused him with Amico and you were hoping to pick Amico at that point. I don't know. No, Contour's played like almost every game, and I didn't think that whatever. I am pretty sure he's out with an injury. No one said anything. I think it's just a knock, so I assumed he would keep playing every week, but whatever, you know. 
Oh, but um, I don't have any quarrels donating to playing for Pride or Adley <laughs> Ally. No, I get it. I get uh, it. So I this is all could for care pride. less whether or not I win or lose, really. But the winning of this is all for bragging. I mean, it's just you get to brag for a year that you picked the best six-player team for Orange County, at least on our weird grading point system here. Um, <laughs> I'm, I can brag about other things. <laughs> I'm, kicking my, I'm kicking myself for not suggesting player or goal or team. Of the week. Or save of the week, yeah. We'll have to remember that for next time. We will. Next, next that can, year, that will be a Because that could be a game changer, too, if you do the point system right and you just happen to get a guy that gets really hot toward the end. You can get, like, a you know a, a player of the week for, like, a defensive guy that get saves your for a nominee, get some points if yeah. you win. I'd reckon they're all pretty hot towards the end of the match because they've been running around for varying <laughs> points, but at most something almost totally 90 minutes. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was definitely swooning over Forrester on Saturday, so. It's okay. I won't tell your wife. <laughs> this is the one she might listen to so hey the, the, the one, he was like the last round pick for me and he ended up being one of the top players in the first match of june perfect worked out great oh, yeah you know while we're on this subject i got a whole bunch of sticks from a whole bunch of people on varying <laughs> platforms because i called out forrester a couple weeks ago he played really well and i all i texted everyone back and i said hey i'll, I'll admit he played super well like i'm glad he did I don't want him to fail. That just means that the team fails. But you were the catalyst. Maybe it was all you, Dylan. Was. Maybe maybe it was all you, and you should have picked him in your draft. No. It's oh, not. Dylan, I didn't tell you that he talked about that in the interview when I interviewed him on Saturday. <laughs> good, yeah, old good old Henry. Yeah, good, <laughs> good old Henry. Good old Henry Forrester. Thank God one Henry. of us knows how to read. <laughs> not me. <laughs> oh, 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 I see. We're getting there. We're getting to that point. Um, one last question about this fantasy thing, Dylan. Uh, there is a friendly that had been thrown into the month of June against uh, Club Tijuana. Do you want to? Do we want to add that gentleman, or do we want to say no? That's a friendly that shouldn't count. I think it'll throw in some weird twists because I would assume it would be more of the fringe players that'll be playing more that match. But what are your thoughts? Let's just take a vote for it, Dylan. Yes or no to the Club Tijuana match being part of this? Um, it's in my interest, I guess. So yes. All right, Alan. What about you? Yeah, I think we, playing for Pride is, I think it's defined as like any game in the month of July or in the month of June. It's Pride Month. The game July, takes place. Hey. Not July. I want to be over with it. <laughs> Henry you're going you know, hey. to be leading us by like 4,000 points if we played it to July. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. How many goals do you think we're going to score? I want you to do the math on that one, Alan. I want you to write down and do the math of how that's possible. 4, how many times points? is the Twitter going to get hacked? <laughs> Four thousand points. It's uh, well, uh Patrick McLean's gonna make like five million saves in the month in the month of June and July. We're all gonna be dead if that happens. From <laughs> just massive heart attacks. So apparently, yeah. I don't need to say yes or no on this because majority has already ruled uh, the Club Tijuana match will be counted as part of this. I I don't think we ever set our podcast uh, contributions because the whole fantasy thing is our individual thing. This is like. I will donate or Alan will donate or Dylan will donate. But as far as the podcast for the month of June, uh, we're going to do, I, I I can't remember what we did last year. I don't know if I can afford $5 per goal for the month of June. Uh, I wish I could. I'm not that rich. Uh, the podcast does not well, make you money. sold out to Uber, my guy. I should. Hey, hey if, if, if a sponsor wants to jump on board and sponsor us, I will do that. I will do $5 a goal for the month of June. Uh, but I think we're going to have to go more realistic to like a, 
I, I think similar to what we did last year, I think it was like, you know, $2 a goal, $2 an assist. And if there's like a, a, a win, I think we said five, $5. So I think if we go in that route, we already are still putting in a nice chunk of change for the first match there. Again, this is for a podcast that makes zero dollars. We okay, let's not we make like a couple cents a month off of the little advertising we do have. But let's just throw it out there. We'll we'll we've got uh two points or two dollars for any goal or assist and five dollars for a victory. So we've got the victory there already and we've got some goals and some assists. So we'll keep tabs of that and we'll make the donation at the end of the month based on all that. Uh, it's a great cause. Uh we we did it last year, we're doing it this year, and I'm sure we'll do it for years to come as long as this podcast stays alive. Um, let's get into our fun fun part. Let's just talk about some random stuff. Is there any soccer stuff we want to talk? And by the way, Dylan, no need to mention the Champions League. Uh, Alan already brought it up at the very beginning of the oh, match. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, he even played a song for us uh, at the beginning of the match to try and rub it in my face. And, and the, the great part about it, you weren't here, Dylan, is is we before we went live, I, we discussed what we're going to talk about. He did not even mention it at all about wanting to do that. He knows how to play it. He, he plays uh, yes, yes, he did. He, like he, a trombone or whatever his instrument was. Ooh. Oh, it was a trombone. It was. It was just me and my guitar. I thought Dylan was... I thought uh, Alan was the piccolo for some reason. <laughs> no. A man <laughs> Alan's eyes playing the piccolo would be adorable. It would be awesome. I'd love to see it. Um, let's go to you, Probably Alan. Probably really bring Henry's attention to him if he's... <laughs> Or adorns, you know, you never know. There's so many uh, inside jokes happening. No one understands. No one I'm gets so sorry, everyone. <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah. okay, never mind. Um, Alan, go for it. Uh, do you have anything to share soccer-related? And if not, what's your random thought for the episode? Um, so I do have one non-soccer-related thought and one soccer-related thought. Um, Women's World Cup starts Friday. Um, I'm pretty excited to check that out. Um, there is a... A uh, feminist sports podcast called Burn It All Down. Uh, it's quite big and quite popular. It's uh, it's five uh, female uh, podcasters uh, from a variety of different backgrounds. And I think one of them is even Canadian. Um, and they did a pretty good job of setting up the World Cup over the past couple podcasts. And they do a big giant preview. Some cool stuff coming up like England and Scotland are in the same group. Um, Japan is probably going to look really good. Obviously, the United States has a chance for their fourth World Cup, and they're one of the favorites. Um, there's a couple first-timers, uh, and the reggae girls are going to be playing, so I know they're going to be pretty excited to watch. Uh, so if you do not have the Women's World Cup queued up in your calendar, uh, get on it. It starts this Friday, uh, I think France and South Africa. Um, and then um, it's Bowls right in into Saturday, and uh, it should be pretty exciting. The women's game is getting more and more competitive at the um, at that level. Uh, so if you're not watching it, uh, get on it. And then the unsoccer related thing um, is we are uh, just a few weeks away, being Pride Month of the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall riots. Uh, Pride Month is Pride Month because of uh, the the Stonewall riots and the um, the marches that happened uh, subsequent from the Stonewall uh, riots. And that's where the pride parades started. They weren't parades. They were actually acts of uh, kind of civil disobedience and um, these uh, marches demanding um, that 
they have kind of equal rights and they're respected. And if you have a chance, uh, do some reading and research on the Stonewall riots. They're pretty fascinating uh, part of our American history. Uh, and that's why it's Pride Month in June. Uh, so that's kind of my random thought of, of the day is uh, that with all of the celebration of pride and in inclusivity, remember you know why it started and why it had to be a thing. What about you, Dylan? It's kind of hard to uh, follow up after that. That was a that was a really good random thought to have. Um, very topical and everything. Um, I haven't read anything this week because it's oh, finals. Nice. So I've just been writing papers and writing papers and taking finals and writing papers. Um, but I can highly recommend um, an art gallery on just west, just southwest of the campus of Chapman University. Um, it's free. There's free parking. It's a whole bunch of Californian art. It's called the Hilbert Museum. Um, it's seriously awesome. There's uh, everything from California Impressionism to Realism. Um, they currently have a whole bunch of Norman Rockwell on display, in addition to a bunch of concept art for Disney um, from the 30s and the 40s. So it's just a wonderful place for art. Um, so if you if you live and die by my literature recommendations, have an art recommendation and a nice, wonderful Saturday afternoon, good date idea or something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, that's my sure random thought. Make sure you do it when Orange County is not playing on a Saturday. Well, well you mean the Orange County games don't take up the whole day. And it does, close. though. It does. You're supposed well, to get there. museum's closed by 5, so you You're supposed to start preparing for Orange County at, like, noon. I wake up and I'm like, all in right, um, in eight hours, I guess I'll start getting ready for this game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, uh, uh, the Champions League final was the most boring match I've watched this year. Um, I cannot believe that these two super exciting teams that got through the most incredible semifinals that I've ever watched went and played Brexit ball for 90 minutes. <laughs> I just it's wanted called, to take a nap. I regretted watching the game. That's it's called, how bad it was. It's called like a month between matches at that point, which sort of sucks. It probably would be a lot better of a match if they played it like maybe two weeks at the most away from your last match there. Um, but when you wait so long to try and sort of set the stage there, you sort of lose any momentum you had. I think with these two teams, the way they finished the semi, uh, the semifinal rounds, I think it would have been at the best interest of soccer to have that match like the next week. Uh, to keep that momentum going, but I think that's what happens when you start a striker who is not match ready. And <laughs> yeah, when that guy hasn't played in 51 days, and you're like, "All right, mate, get in there and play 90 minutes." But by I way, didn't do anything. I mean, but they didn't really get him the ball in positions where he could do anything for the most part. So uh, it's not all hurricanes. This isn't a Spurs podcast, but yeah, no, the Champions League sucked. We should turn I, it into a Spurs podcast. No, as not. soon as they score that, as soon as they score that pen. It was like two teams, like Tottenham wanted to slow the game down. Liverpool was like, all right. And I think it was just two teams that were like, Liverpool knew that once they had that lead, that they had a good chance of just defending the 1-0. And they've seen Manchester United do that forever. And so they played that Mourinho, <laughs> you, have, you have to beat us. Because it's like, we've already played the most exciting games in the Champions League. And all Liverpool wants to do is win that trophy. It, yeah, it was boring. But from a Liverpool fan, it was like they just did the clinical job of getting up early and just 
not giving Tottenham that sniff. Um, but yeah, it was, even as a Liverpool fan, I was more nervous than entertained. Um, I, as a, if I put myself in a neutral position, the Orange County RGV game was a way more entertaining, <laughs> more nerve wracking, more exciting, uh, more spectacular plays. More yellow uh, cards. And then that Champions League game. Yeah, you're right. That Champions League game, even as a fan, was 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 kind of lackluster. But again, you're trying for a trophy, and it doesn't matter how you win; just win. Okay, can we get over this whole Champions League stuff? Can I give my random thought? Since you guys want to like rub it in my face that Liverpool won. Yeah, you and Andy both want us to shut up about <laughs> Champions League. So get on with it. Um, let me just say this: It is June, June Pride Month. It means. A lot of stuff, and part of that means sort of being nice and not saying mean things or hateful things or, you know, biased things or whatever you want to want to call it. Um, my son had a track meet this past weekend, and it was going awesome. It was going amazing uh, until this one gentleman said some, I guess, best way to say it, some stereotype comments uh, based on what he saw from another young man up in the bleachers doing something that I guess would be considered a traditional uh, in generally, I guess in what culture would say a traditional woman's type activity. Um, very frustrating. It upset both my wife and myself. Uh, we made a little bit of a scene. This is again, this is an elementary school track meet. Didn't say anything meet, uh, you know, out of the line as far as didn't use any bad language or anything like that. But I did raise my voice at the gentleman for saying the comments that he said. Uh, his reaction was, hey, you know, it's America. I have the right to free speech. I can say what I want. And not everyone has the same sense of humor. Uh, you know, sort of walked away from it. But a few people at the event afterwards mentioned to me that, yeah, that guy was a jerk. And all day he was frustrating me and all this fun stuff. So uh, I, I just want to say, you know, when you say something, think about how it might impact the person you might be talking about or making fun of or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, part of the, the awesome part of this whole confrontation at this event is my wife asked a young, probably seven, eight, maybe nine year old girl that was right next to this gentleman. It, it basically asked, is it ever nice to make fun of someone? And the girl said, no, right there, right in front of the guy, which I thought was freaking awesome. Uh, but ultimately it was just the, you know, it was someone making fun of someone for doing something that that person probably liked to do. It is what it is. You don't need to make fun of people. Let's have respect for others. Let's be nice. You know, that's that's basically what will make this world an amazing place is if we can all just sort of say nice things, be nice to each other, uh, and not, I guess, make yourself feel better by making fun of other people and the things they like to do. So I, I just want to call it, I didn't want to give too many details about it because I don't want to, I guess, pour fire onto this. I just wanted to just say, be nice, talk, you know, respectfully to, about other people. Um, yeah. So I, I get it. As Americans, we do have the right to free speech. You have the right to think what you want to think. Uh, but in the end, that question that my wife posed to the young lady, is it ever nice or is it ever appropriate to make fun of someone else? And the young lady said no, like immediately. It wasn't even something she had to think about. She didn't even hesitate in front of this person that she probably, this grown up she probably knew which I thought was awesome. Uh, if we could all sort of think and answer like that young lady did, uh, this world would definitely be a more awesome place. Um, yeah, let's let's go from here. 
I want to thank all of you for listening that have joined us on the live YouTube and been chatting along with us. Thank you for doing that. Uh, if you haven't done that yet, join us every Tuesday at 830. We go live on YouTube and then we post this you know, onto the podcast for anyone that isn't uh, doesn't have the opportunity to do that. So check that out. Um, for those of you that listen continuously, thank you for doing so. For those of you that listen for the first time, check back some of our older episodes on our website, orangeandblacksoccercast.com. Uh, you can find Dylan, what Dylan, uh, on Twitter at OCSC underscore Dylan, correct? That's the one. Also on Reddit at the same handle. Yes. And then, Alan, what about you? A Underwood 48 at the Twitter machines. Um, I have tried to calm down about my Liverpool love, uh, but you know, it's fine. Uh, yeah, mostly on the Twitter machines. I have a Facebook, but that's kind of boring and teachery. So, uh, <laughs> teachery. Twitter, Twitter yeah, teachery. Yeah, it's, um, adjective. Something. Ask the journalist. Maybe. Yeah. Dylan, you tell us, is that an adjective teachery? Dylan's ignoring us now. Dylan. I'm sorry. My, uh, my, my phone was in my pocket. <laughs> oh, you were already ready to be done with this. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. Look at so my phone's in my pocket. I'm zipping up my jacket, but it's locked. Ah, so I've got to ah. unzip my jacket and pull my phone out. Um, that would be an adjective, but I'm actually a, um, <laughs> English literature, single subject credential major. So take that Alan. Soon this podcast will have two <laughs> teachers. He wants to be more teachery. One of which is a complete <laughs> idiot and wholly underqualified, and the other one is going to be Alan. Ooh. Um, so, yeah. uh, All right, great. Awesome. Pull your kids out of school now. For Dylan, for Alan, my name is Ray. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. If I can put it Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Goal Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoalpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.